We'll start reading uh, this chapter here in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to start reading at uh, verse 11. Let this kind of be our backdrop verse, but uh, we're going to be looking at several verses this morning. <clears throat> in Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together that means when we're gathered together, right? Comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also ye do. I thought I would speak this morning a little bit about edification. I don't really speak a, a lot or preach a lot as far as from admonition <coughs> viewpoint or vantage point. Uh, I, I do think that the scripture teaches admonitions in the in the Bible. I think a lot of times whenever we preach on the admonitions of scripture, that we always need to keep in view that uh, these are not uh, duties that we got to keep up to keep up, you know, or or. Uh, um, uh, standing with God or anything like that, and I'm not here telling you that there's a list of rules that you need to get out there and do, otherwise we're going to, you know, call you a, a heathen or something like that. The admonitions of Scripture are, are there for us to remind each other of the statements of facts of Scripture. A lot of times admonitions, even though they're admonitions, they're a statement of fact or a commentary on <laughs> what we see as the works of God in us and to remind us what these works are and that this is the things that are evident and these are things that uh, we, we should endeavor to do. But at the end of the day, we always remember that it's God who works in us to will and to do His good pleasure. Uh, you know, for me to be, you know, the Bible says, you know, to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, where does rejoicing come from? Where does joy come from? It has to be a work of the Spirit. You know, you can command me all the day long to rejoice, but unless the Spirit gives me to rejoice, I'm not going to rejoice. So as we talk about admonitions, we are um, not denying the fact that God is the one who works in us to will and to do His good pleasure, that He's the one that gives us the thought, He's the one who gives us the desire, He's the one that gives us the gumption, and the activity of it. So all of this, again, is under God's sovereign control. So what I'm going to share with you this morning is just something that we should keep in our mind. And, is, and I say this, I know it's hard to, 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 to separate all these things, but I, I say this is in from man's perspective. We endeavor to do these things. As man's perspective, you know... The, the things that God has given to us that if we follow these things they are they do make things better for us right if we follow God's precepts uh, God gives us these precepts for our good okay there, there's good that comes out of that as I, I think I mentioned last week or something else like the deal about adultery and you know God says not to commit adultery well if you follow that precept it's going to make your marriage a whole lot better right um, so we look at the scriptures here and it says here Comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as you do also. For those that are watching and joining in, I know we're way late in how we normally come in. We had had, had some uh, pretty good discussion this morning before we got started and everything and was sharing stories about stuff in the past. And Anyway, 
we're here we are now. But exactly what we were doing, we were comforting one another with experiences that we have been through, that the Lord has brought us through. Things that we have learned from our experiences uh, as God's people that He has taught us. In the case of some of the conversation that we had this morning, uh, we've experienced separation from other people because of what we believe. That is by the sovereign act of God. Uh, even the Bible says, you know, heresies must come that those who are approved uh, uh, of God or the, or the people of God that they might uh, that it might prove those who are His people. You know, so there are going to be issues, there are going to be conflicts, there are going to be things like that. Well, here we see the Scripture is talking about comforting uh, each other uh, whenever we come together. Now, most people know and have heard me preach for a long time, and I hold the position that whenever we talk about the term ecclesia or church, we're talking about the gathered assembly. That is the people of God, the elect of God, the family of God that comes together and has been gathered together in a, in a, uh, a place and has and is, uh, uh, been called out from wherever they're at to come together. And whenever they come together, they form a body together uh, here. And so as we have come together this morning, we come together as the people of God, the assembly of God. Uh, and therefore, the Bible, whenever it speaks of edifying or whenever you come together, whenever you gather together, one of the things we do, and we've mentioned this in times past, we come for the preaching of the Word. We also come for the exaltation of Christ through song, through uh, uh, singing. We do that. Uh, we come and we share our burdens with one another. We've done that. Uh, we uh, come together, and the Bible says that we are to comfort one another here. Uh, that whenever you come together, we come together for um, several things, right? For the worship of God. Well, it says here, wherefore comfort yourselves together, but it says after that, and edify one another, even also as ye do. So Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians here to edify one another. And that's kind of what I thought we had talked about this morning, is this... Uh, thing of edification, of edifying one another. What does that term uh, mean? What does edify? Whenever someone says to edify somebody, uh, the word edification, what does that actually uh, mean? Well, the, the term is actually used in the Bible about 38, 39 times, give or take, depending on the word itself. But it's in the scriptures uh, a few times. Uh, but if you look and you see everywhere that this word, uh, this Greek word for edification or edify is found in Scripture, how the King James translators translated that and how we look at that word and find it everywhere in Scripture, uh, the, the word means to build. It means to be a builder, to build up, to be in building, or to embolden. That's how, that's, that's how uh, the words are used throughout Scripture. That's how God has, uh, has defined the word edification. Um, and so we know that the word means to build up or to build or to embolden. So it says whenever we come together to comfort ourselves together and to build one another, to build each other up, to, to uh, uh, strengthen, to encourage, to embolden one another. We were talking this morning. Larry shared something with me that helps me embolden whenever I come across something. Larry even made comment that something that I've said in the past it helped embolden him to answer to another guy that had a question about something and, and everything. That's what we do whenever we're together. 
one of the passages of scripture that comes to mind as far as this is, and I can't remember exactly where it's at, brother, you might be able to tell me, uh, but it talks about iron sharpening iron. Whenever we come together, we, whenever iron sharpens iron, we got those steels in there that we take our knives and we do, whenever we run that steel against that other steel, what does it do? It hones it down, it sharpens it up, it, it uh, builds the edge uh, of, that, uh, of that knife. And so that's what Paul is saying here. Whenever you Thessalonians, whenever you come together at, in your assembly, and whenever you're with each other, and whenever you speak with each other, whether it's in the, in the corporate assembly, or whenever you're meeting in your houses together uh, for fellowship, or whatever you're doing, when you come together, comfort each other and build each other up. Now, <clears throat> if you would turn with me over to Ephesians, we see another passage here that Paul used. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Another admonishment or uh, uh, an encouragement to edify. Uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 29, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, I'll, I'm just going to stop right there. That's hard for us, isn't it? <laughs> Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. We're very quick to uh, want to run people down. Uh, you know, we, we want to always make ourselves look good and someone else look bad. Uh, we always want to talk about things that appeal to the nature of man, the natural man. And it's saying here that whenever you come together, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So that's something that we should keep in mind whenever we come together and, and whenever we meet with each other is to encourage each other and build each other up. And if there's anything that, that is of not good communication, we should just let that lie, okay? I may have, a, have an issue. I may have a problem. I may not like something or something like that. That's not going to help my hearers, okay? It's not going to help my hearers. Matter of fact, that's why I apologized about saying something about a guy earlier, you know? I said something that was in my heart that I felt about this fellow because of a experience that I had with him in the past. I should have said that because now this guy that you guys may not even have a clue of, now that puts something in your mind that, you know, shouldn't be, shouldn't be there, you know. Um, so, you know, I was at fault there. I shouldn't have done that. And, um, and I believe that's what this is talking about. Don't let the corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, but that which is good. But here's the term again, to the use of edifying, to the use of building up. So when we come together, we harbor and we, and on and we think about and we dwell upon the things that are for the building of each other up. Um, and again, I know that's hard to do. I know it's uh, something that we you know, strive to do. We, we would want to do that and everything. But again, we sometimes appeal to our nature that uh, uh, likes to always talk about negative things. And I'll be honest, and anybody that knows me has known me for a long time, you know, I tend to be negative about certain things a lot. You know, I always find the negative things. We go to eat somewhere, we may have had a bunch of good stuff to eat, but what am I going to talk about? Man, that thing was, that was nasty, or that was cold, or that was blah, blah, blah. We always find the negative things, right? Um... So, you know, we kind of tend to have that nature to always want to dwell on the negative. And, 
you know, and I'm not talking about hippy dippy fake stuff where we're all just time, just everything is roses and butterflies and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that you have to be fake about stuff, but I think there comes time that we uh, ask the Lord to give us discernment to know when to speak and know when to not speak, to withhold saying certain things and to not. And, and again, that's the Lord. The tongue is, is something that we cannot bridle. The only time this tongue is going to get bridled is if God bridles it. And so we pray that the Lord would give us these things. But we see here Paul is saying that it's very, um, very uh, uh, um, important in the assembly that we, not, uh, that we let not corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, but that which is edifying. Because the reason that we've come together not only is to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ as far as the vertical worship, but it is also um, in the edifying of one another in the horizontal relationship. Uh, we, we, we come together to lift each other up and to minister grace unto the hearers. Now, who are these admonitions to? That's kind of what I wanted to focus on first. Who are the admonitions of Scripture to? Well, you've heard me say it a lot, that this Bible and all that's contained in there is written to the people of God. It's not written to the reprobate. Okay, now the reprobate's free to read all these things, and they're going to read all these things, and they're going to apply human knowledge and human reasoning to these things, interpretation to these. But the spiritual nature of this Bible and everything that it's talking about in here and the reason that it was written and the people to who it was written is the people of God. But first, the edification, to, to edify one another, to build each other up. This admonition is to the church. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Where Paul talks a whole lot about uh, edifying in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Look, if you would, with me at verse 5. Now, I'm going to read some stuff, and there's a lot to be said about other stuff that's found in here as far as it pertains to spiritual gifts and things like that that I'm not going to get into. I just wanted to, to uh, draw out and emphasize the edification part. Paul writes, I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. So one thing we see here that any spiritual gift, but particularly prophesying or preaching, the word prophesying there is talking about preaching, the foretelling, not foretelling, but the foretelling of the Word of God. We are putting forth the Word of God. That's what prophesying is. In that aspect, this morning I would be a prophet, not a foreseer of the future or a teller of things to come, but that I am a forth teller of the things of God. I'm taking the things of the Word of God and I'm telling them to you. That's prophecy. And why do we come together? And why do we prophesy? Why is any gift that the, that the Lord has given to those within the church for the edification of the church? That the church may receive edifying. So there is an importance in the preaching during the worship of God in the gathering of the assembly. Now, it's not the primary thing. Well, I, I say primary. Anytime we even sit around and visit, we're still prophesying and foretelling the things of the Word of God. Okay? But I'm saying that some people make it so paramount, 
I, I've told you in the past that there, uh, my uncle was telling me that there was a guy at the church that he's pastoring at. I think they said that there was a man who had, whenever they were looking for a pastor, had came and they told the church, he said, you know, whenever I stand up to preach, you're, all the lights in the congregation has to go out and the only lights that's going to be on is the ones just right over the pulpit. You know, I mean, we're going to draw as much attention, you know. You look in the past, like, you know, Spurgeon and the other preachers in the past, that you look at their churches and they have these big, giant, you know, uplifted things, you know, that they stand in, you know, where they preach from. Now, some of that could be to get up above where they could hear. They didn't have, you know, probably didn't have speaker systems and things like that. And they were preaching to larger groups of people and get up there where you can be heard. Some of that I can understand. But... What I'm what I'm saying here is, you know, um, I don't know where I was going with that, to be honest with you. My mind just went that way. But anyway, we see it's for the edifying of the church. We're here to edify one another through the preaching uh, of God's Word. Look, if you would, over verse 12. It said, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. So he's exhorting us to, uh, if we're wanting to seek to do anything, you know, and a little backdrop on this, the Corinthian church was seeking after these showy gifts, okay? These, these extra biblical, not extra biblical, extraordinary or extra uh, uh, spiritual gifts that was given to the church at that time that was establishing uh, the gospel, establishing the churches at that time. Uh, that they were wanting those. They was wanting those gifts that those apostles had to be able to heal people and to speak in tongues and to do all these kind of things, you know. And so they were seeking after those gifts, but the things of love and charity, you know, the uh, uh, all the different gifts that the Spirit has given, they weren't seeking after those gifts because they're not as showy, they're not as, you know, putting you at the center of things. And that's why Paul actually was writing Corinthians to them, is to kind of put them in their place about this whole thing. And matter of fact, we see here that in both of these verses, he says here that one of the things that's, that's important is that we excel in edifying the church. That's our desire, is that anything that we do is for the building up of everybody, uh, is the edification and the building up of the, the people of God. Look, if you would, at verse 26. He says, How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. So everything that we do, why do we sing the songs that we sing? We do it to edify. Why do we pray? We do it to edify. Why do we visit with each other and share our experiences with each other? We do it to edify. Why do we preach? We do it to edify. Uh, why, why do we do anything? We should do it to edify, to build up, to strengthen, to encourage, to embolden um, each other. And so these are some of the thoughts that, that we should have. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Once again, Paul writes in the second letter to the Corinthians. Um, verse 19. Paul writes again, Think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you? 
We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. See, the mentality of the ministry of Paul, and I think it should be to, of every preacher, for every member of the church, uh, whether they have any office or not, whether they're a deacon, whether they're a preacher, you know, whatever. We're all the part of the body when we come together and we all are to edify one another. We all have that important work of edifying. As the Lord enables us, we edify. Our desires and prayers should be that, Lord, help me. How should I be edifying to my brothers and sisters in Christ? How how can I do that? Again, thinking, how how should I speak? Should I say that? Should I, should I bring that up? Should this be an issue? You know, what what do I do to edify and build up uh, each other? Um, and the reason that we think about these things is because surely we hope that the Lord has given us this desire, but the desire is that we all uh, live and, and enjoy the work and, and the salvation of Christ Jesus. Uh, we all want to see our brothers and sisters exalting the Lord. You know, if I see, I, I've been, over the years, I've been discouraged whenever I see a brother that's usually that the Lord has built up very strong in the faith and has been a great encouragement to me, then all of a sudden, he's not. You know, or she's not. And you think, man, how, what's the old phrase? Oh my, how the mighty have fallen, so to speak. You know, uh, I could never see this person being like this. You know, they've always been such a faithful person, something like that. Again, it's God who gives the measure of faith. But we can be discouraged by those things, right? And so our desire is, what can we do to encourage and to build up if we see a brother or a sister who is falling into depression because over things? Come to their aid. You know, things like that. <clears throat> the Spirit's going to lead us in those things. But know that that is... That is that is what we should desire and ask of the Lord is to give us these things. But it says here that we do all things, dearly beloved, for our edifying. I think one of the things that we could probably sit and do other than praying that the Lord would lead us in these things is to always think on all the things that we do. You know, um, you know what, what's the reason that you do the, reason, the things that you do? Um, look, if you would, in Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 11 through 12. Now again, we see this is specifically for the, the church. He's been saying when you come together, when you're together for the church to edify one another, right? Here he says in, in verse 11, And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, that's the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So here again, God has given specific uh, calls upon men and given them gifts to be able to share and to preach and to teach and to convey the gospel and the word of God for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now, who's to do the work of the ministry? Is it the preacher that's doing the work of the ministry? No, it's for the whole congregation. The, the work of the ministry is the whole congregation. Um, 
but he has raised up men and given them gifts and a calling to edify or to um, uh, to what does it say there? Mature to perfect uh, the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why are you uh, Why are you uh, being matured in the things of God in the in the understanding of Scripture and the and the things like that? Why is God growing you in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry of what? Well, primarily the work of the ministry of edifying people of God. Secondly, the ministry of the gospel. Whether it's in here or whether it's anywhere that you're at, God is working to teach us and to grow us in the grace and knowledge of God for the work of the ministry of the gospel. And the ministry of the gospel isn't just out there as a lot of the Arminians think that, oh, we come in, we, we gather to worship and we scatter to, to evangelize, you know. Hey, listen, the gospel is, is just as much for in here as it is out there. Matter of fact, the gospel is here because that's what we feed on. That's what our spirit desires and longs for is those things. And so we uh, edify one another. We build each other up. Uh, and one of the ways that we do that is whenever we come together, uh, we do that as a church, whether it be uh, by those that God has given uh, with uh, the uh, gifts and the offices uh, of the church, or whether it's just uh, each and every one here doing those things which will build each other up. Which leads me to the other thing is that not only do we do that corporately, but we do that as individuals, one with another. Uh, we find that in Romans chapter 14, where Paul writes to the uh, Roman church. <clears throat> Romans chapter 14 and verse 19 he says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. So here we see a more personal, not just a corporate way of doing things, but we see an individual way. That we do things for the edifying that may edify uh, another. Okay, so he says, uh, Let us make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Um, how, you know, what's going to be the peaceful way of handling these things, you know? Um, you know, we was talking this morning, a lot of times we can be brash. I can be brash. You know, I, I, I did it this week, matter of fact, with my boss. Uh, you know, instead of trying to find a peaceful way to talk about things that we had a disagreement about, I just immediately became uh, uh, offended. I immediately became pridefully uh, irritated and, and, and mad and immediately lashed out. Okay? Where I could have probably let a kind word turn away wrath. I could have just not said something and just suffer myself to be defrauded and go along with whatever. You know, not that I'm saying that I was right and he was wrong because we both had, both of us was wrong and both of us was right. We both had issues going on this week. But anyway, and at the end of the day, we did reconcile and everything was good and we're still bugs. But I could have probably handled that a lot better than I did instead of lashing out. Well, I think this is kind of one of the things that we see here. Let us make for peace 
and things wherewith one may edify another. I, I, I really am uh, encouraged by certain men uh, who it just always seems that no matter what turmoil or what disagreement or what thing comes up, they always find a way to um, not let that knock them off as far as being positive about things, a bit about being encouraging about things. I remember a, um, uh, a story my grandpa told me uh, whenever he pastored a church over here in Pitcher uh, that there was a man in their town uh, and uh, this man was like horrible. I mean, like, I mean, he was a mean guy. Uh, just nobody had anything good to say about this guy whatsoever. Good to say about this guy. Well, there was a man in their church who they said that he never had anything bad to say about anybody. I mean, they, he said that I've never heard this guy ever say anything bad about anybody. Well, the mean guy passed away, and they were having the funeral, and. The guy that always talks nice about people was asked to speak at this funeral, and they were talking amongst each other, saying, well, "We're kind of interested to see what he has to say because there ain't nobody has anything good to say." I mean, there really isn't nothing. The guy was, I mean, just mean as gouge, and and we're kind of interested to see what this guy got up and say. And this guy got up and and <laughs> they said that whenever he got to talking about some of the things in the in the life of this man, he said, well, I know one thing more than anything, is this old fellow right here could sure whistle a good tune. And, and I, that's always stuck with me, is that this guy would not ever say anything bad about anybody, and always tried to find the good, and this is kind of what I think about whenever I, I, I read this scripture, and I know I fall way short of this, but it says, let us therefore follow after things which make for peace. This guy was not going to dive into the muck and the mire of running this man down. I don't think this man's in heaven today, or, you know, I don't think that this guy here, what can I say about this guy? We all know how he was. You know, he tried to find whatever he could to make for peace in this situation. And, uh, as I said, I often fail about this, and I wish I was better about it. Look back, if you would, at uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's look at some things that can, from our perspective again, again we know that uh, God's in control of all these things and He gives us our desires and He gives us the ability and the will and the things. But from our perspective, let's look at some of the things that we can at least know about ourselves, at least know about the situation. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's look at some things that can maybe hinder this edification. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So one of the things that can definitely hinder the edifying of each other is walking in this carnal way, as Paul talks about. Whenever we have envying and strife and divisions, these are things that tend to lend itself to not edifying or the tearing down. We tear each other down when we enter into envying. 
It's, it, I tell you what, I, I've seen it in the past uh, in churches and everything like that, especially among singers in the church. Uh, you know, someone gets up and uh, has a really good voice or has a really good ability to play music or something like that, and they get up and one of the other singers is 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 uh, um, is jealous and envious because that person can do this or can sing that or can sing this or you know, and they want to be able to do that or, or is asked to sing. And someone else didn't ask, well, I'm a singer in church, you didn't ask me to sing, or something like that, you know. We used to have, the church that I grew up, the church I grew up in, and a lot of the uh, Armenian churches, they have things like, they call them cantatas, uh, around Easter time, Christmas time, the choir sing, and have specials, and all these dramas, and things like that. Well, a lot of times, you get to see people bickering back and forth, because one person wants it this way, one person wants it that way, one person wants the set to look like this, one person wants this to do like it. There's envyings and strifes. Someone desiring like that. Preachers can be like that. Oh, how come you didn't call me to come and preach at your, your meeting? You always call this guy, why don't you ever call me to preach? You know? How come you, how, how come you asked that guy to preach on that and not me? I wrote a book about that. <laughs> or something like that, you know. I, you know, I had a guy who wrote a book on justification, and you know, he thought, "Hey, I ought to be the one that speaks on that." I wrote a book about that. Well, he asked this guy to do it. Well, this guy said, "Well, okay. Well, I'm interested to see what he thinks. He may have a different look at that on that." That is edifying one another instead of getting up and saying, "Well, I should be the authority on that." I wrote a book about it. This guy said, "Hey." You know, I wrote a book about it, but this guy may have a different perspective on it or have some uh, some further information on that than I had, and I'm, I'd like to hear it. On a side note on that stuff, because I've even heard preachers, well, we don't want to hear the same, we don't want preachers preaching on the same passages because we've already heard. Listen, I don't mind that. I don't mind, I would have a conference and I would have, I wouldn't mind everybody preaching on the exact same verse, and I'd like to hear it from four different guys, or three different guys, five, however many, you know? Why? Because it's all still the Word of God, and everybody's going to have their perspective, and going to, the Lord's going to lead them in something different than the other. Anyway, I'm getting way off track. One of the things that can be hindered to that, though, is envy. When we envy one another. That was one of the things that the Corinthian church was having a problem with, is they were envying each other's gifts. Oh, I don't want to be... I don't want to be the, the toe, I want to be the eyes, you know, and I don't want to be the big toe, I, I mean, I don't want to be the little toe, I want to be the big toe if I am a toe, okay, it's this envying attitude, well, a lot of times we have envy within the people of God, we shouldn't, we should all want to promote each other, you know, it could be, I could very easily be envious of brother because how many sermons this guy has a lot of sermons on sermon audio and he's been on there for a long time I could be envious of that I better get on my thing and start preaching some more sermons on it you know to catch up with him you know I don't why because the Lord has Larry doing his thing the Lord has Larry sharing his stuff and doing his thing and listen there's a lot of times Larry speaks on stuff that I've spoke on and you know what I've learned some things from Larry and I think Larry's mentioned he's learned some things from me I hope he has but you know, that is not envying one another, but building each other up. Uh, we can easily become envious of each other's ministries, but brethren, even though Sovereign Grace Baptist Church has a ministry that the Lord has put us into, it's still His ministry. Larry may have a ministry of preaching and teaching on all his platforms, but the Lord has given him that ministry. 
That's the Lord's ministry. And so it's all the Lord's ministry. He can't do anything. I can't do anything. No other preacher can do anything without the Spirit anyway. So it's all the Spirit stuff. So why would we be envious of one another? Why would we look to each other? You remember that, uh, I'm always uh, thinking about that part of Scripture when the Lord and the disciples was was walking um, was walking down the way, and there was a guy that wasn't walking was didn't follow with them, but he was over there ministering. And the guy said, "Well, what about that guy over there?" And the Lord said, "What's it to you what that guy does? Not, that, that's, that's none of your business. If the forest, they're not against us, so just don't worry about that guy. That guy's all about." And then there was another one uh, where uh, talking about one of the disciples, or maybe it was the same instance. I may have it all mixed up. Where he said, what difference is it if, you know, that guy, have that guy doing that, he stays alive clear until the resurrection, you know, uh, and then, and you're not, you know, it's not, it's not your business. What I have you doing is what I have you doing, and what I have them doing is what I have them doing, but it's one and the same God, it's one and the same, and that was what Paul was saying in Corinthians, is that each one, God is doing these works and has these gifts, and it's all, all the gifts are God's working in all of us for the edifying of all of us. And if it's the Spirit to give to this one this gift and this one to you, it's none of your business. But that we should be thankful that the Lord is giving that to us and building us up in that. And Paul was very clear about that. The gifts of the Spirit is to be given for all of us. And how He delivers those gifts, that's by the sovereign hand of God. And so we should be uh, we should be not envious of one another, and allow strife and divisions uh, to uh, uh, to tear down instead of to uh, to edify. Um, in one Timothy chapter one, we see uh, one Timothy chapter one. Look with me at verses three and four. It says, "As I besought thee." to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. So here again we see that um, uh, we need to not worry about endless genealogies and minister questions rather than godly edifying. Again, we can have uh, all these disputes, but whenever we come together as the church, whenever we are speaking with one another, we should speak those things which are for the edifying of one another, which is in faith, trusting. What does it mean? That we uh, that rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. Well, in faith that, hey, it's not up to me to teach Larry something. It's not up to me to teach Mark something, or you, or anybody else. It's not up to me. That's up to the Lord. It's not up to me to change anybody's mind in here. It's not up to me to convert a soul to believe on the Gospel. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. So we in faith are trusting that the Lord is building each other up in His own way, in His own time. We're trusting that by speaking the truth in love, by edifying one another, that the Lord is doing His work. Okay? Again, we look to do, you know, what's the old adage? Stay in your own lane. 
Stay in your own lane. Follow after the Lord. It comes down to that song we talked about. Love God and love your brothers. Loving God loving each other. Okay? Do those things. Now that doesn't mean that we compromise the gospel. That doesn't mean that we don't compromise uh, things. But it means that the way we approach it and we think about how we do this, how do we go into this in an edifying way and not a uh, degrading or a de-edifying way. I don't know the term I'm trying to find here. I keep, I, it, it's uh, uh, eluding me. But you see on Facebook all the time, instead of men who have disagreements edifying one another, they immediately want to slam you down and call you a heretic, or they immediately want to call you a this or that. And they, the, the scripture says that that it's foolish for a man to uh, uh, to uh, to make a. I can't think of the exact uh, way it's uh, said in the scripture, but it's 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 foolish to uh, uh, to make a, 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 a judgment about something without hearing it or without looking into it and everything. And a lot of times, guys. Hey, there's guys that's made statements about certain things in the Scripture that are this far above my head. I remember listening to uh, Brother Chet Dirks, uh, who used to be the pastor of Welsh Track. Uh, I remember listening to him, and listen, he would say things that to me was way over my head. I didn't uh, think I said, and maybe sometimes things I would disagree with it. But whenever I went back and listened to it and actually kind of thought about it and looked into what he was saying, he was actually saying something more than I was. The Lord hadn't brought me up to that understanding of things yet. And so I immediately thought that guy's wrong. Then all of a sudden, wait a minute, now I understand what he was saying and why he was saying it that way, and now I understand what his meaning is. I was wrong. I didn't search it out. I didn't think about it. So there again, we see some of these things <clears throat> that can degrade, and we immediately want to come in full force, and that's because a lot of times we're very prideful people and we think that we know it all. We can straighten everybody else out or whatever, you know. But I think that these hindrances to edification can be because we uh, walk in a carnal way and we, and we uh, come in with the hindrances of uh, uh, disputes and things like that. Um, James tells us, if you want to turn over there, it's in... Uh, James chapter 4. Verse 1, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, and ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. So, well, let's keep reading. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain that the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So see, a lot of our issues comes from pride, uh, comes from one self-exaltation, uh, and there's where a lot of the envying and strife uh, comes from. And so we should be mindful of those things and pray that the Lord would restrain that flesh from 
rising up uh, whenever we're dealing with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, let's look a little bit about uh, uh, how we can minister these things uh, among each other. Uh, back in 2 Corinthians, we find... Uh, get back there. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to be heading that direction. 2 Corinthians 12... Verse 19, it says again, Thank you that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. Um, we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. Um, not just our preaching, but everything that we do. We do for your edifying. We seek out your uh, building up. Uh, I'm one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Jerry Maurer is the one who put me onto this verse many years ago. Some of y'all may know. I know Brother Larry knows Jerry. Some of y'all listening and watching may know Jerry. He's passed away several years ago. Um, in Isaiah chapter 40, and verse 1, one of my favorite verses. It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Say, if your God speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So one of the ways that we can edify and build up each other is comfort each other with the gospel. Uh, telling them and reminding them of what the Lord has done for them. Uh, in uh, Back in Corinthians, in the first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 12, we find this, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away under these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. That means that there, there are different kinds of gifts, and everybody has different gifts. The Lord has given it, but it's the Spirit that gives it. And there's different ways that that gift is administered. We don't all administer it the same way, maybe. God may have us administer those gifts in different ways, but again, it's the same Lord who is governing how those gifts that are given by Himself, are to be worked out. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So if we get, if we, if the Lord teaches us that, and i got to keep remembering that, if the Lord teaches us that, and we recognize that, keep that in mind, that it is the Lord that is working these gifts in us. It's not you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, digging in deep, trying to find it within yourself to do this. All these admonitions that I've just been talking to us about on things that we should be mindful of, what can cause it, what can not cause it, all these things that I'm talking about, again, it comes down to God working us in us all. So what is this there for? It's for our growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. How is the Lord doing that? And how do we recognize it? How do we know? What do we understand to be the work of God in us? And how does He work these things? Well, one of the things is... is He's the one that's working all these gifts and all these ways of edifying one another, which the gifts are given for. 
He's the one that's working these in us. So if He's the one working in us, here's another admonition for you. If you understand that the Bible preaches and, 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 and is very clear in, in its revelation that the Spirit gifts that are given to men are worked by God Himself in us, then we should be patient with each other because it's not that person that is working it up in them or, you know, practicing and, and doing whatever. It's God that's working in them. That's why that verse we talked about a while ago that we do it in faith. Trusting in the Lord's work. We're trusting in the Lord's work. Today, I may be a little snippy at you. Be patient with me, long-suffering. You know that old song by the hymn pills, He's Still Working On Me? Well, I don't quite agree with that. The theology is, 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 is kind of, you know, a little skewed in that, but there is some truth in that. Hey, you see me today, I may be a little prideful and snippy. Yep, that's my flesh. But again, the Lord is the one who is going to work patience in me. He's going to work a humility in me. I can't work it up on my own. I'm having to trust in Him. I know people are going to say, well, that's just kind of, you're just kind of copping out. You're going to say, well, every time you sin, that you're just saying, well, it's just God who's not working in me then, and everything. I'm not encouraging that either, brethren, although that is truth. If, I, if God restrains grace from me, I'm, my flesh is going to go wild. If God gives grace to me, guess what? He's going to restrain my sinfulness in His time for His purposes. It is God who... Is God who withheld Abimelech from sinning with Sarah? But is God who also hardened Pharaoh's heart to sin against God? He says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Why? To profit with all. That means to profit everyone. The reason that God has given you a gift, and He has given, if you're a child of grace, and been gathered together in an assembly together, He's given you a gift for the edification of everyone. Not the edification of yourself. That's where these charismatic and Pentecostals and people that believe in these tongues, oh, I have this prayer language that's to God, you know, and everything like that. No, the gifts are given to the church. There is no gift given to edify yourself, the individual. Any gift that is ever given to anybody is, to, is given to profit with all. Look what he said in Ephesians chapter 4. Again. Ephesians chapter 4, look down at verse 11. <clears throat> we just read this a while ago. And he gives some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. He has given them, and it's for all. <coughs> One of the other ways that we can do this, brother, is by loving each other. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, my place here. In Corinthians chapter 8, in verse 1, it says, Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. 
and I can attest to that. I am an example of that. There's a lot of times I learn something, and guess what? It puffs me up. <laughs> I'm either going to go out straighten everybody out, because I've learned something. But it says, Knowledge puffeth up, but charity, or the word there, charity, it means love, but love edifies. The, the love of God working in the heart, and again, loving God and loving the brethren, that's a work of God in us. I can't muster up that love. I can't exhibit and, and display that love. God has to do that in me. He's the one that shows forth that love through me. But it says here that this love edifies. How do we love, or how do we edify one another? We do it by loving each other. Pray that the Lord give us a love for each other. You know, I love my children. And I do things for my children that I probably wouldn't do for other people. Why? Because I love them. There's a relationship that is bonded there because of, for one, just the time around each other, but we grow into a relationship with each other. But brethren, we have a relationship that goes deeper than even blood. It's a spiritual relationship that we have. All of us are sinners that are deserving hell, but yet God has saved us from that. God has given His Son to die for us for that. And each one of us are blood-bought by Christ. And so, therefore, that love will definitely be towards God, but we should love each other because we know, hey, that brother it was in the same boat that I was in. He was, he was deserving of hell as much as I'm deserving of hell. But yet God has saved him. And so God has given us a love that is more than a brother or a sister in the flesh. It's a brother and a sister in the Spirit, in, the, in, the, in Christ. And so that love is something that the Lord sheds abroad in our heart. And it's through love that we edify. It's not out of duty. I'm telling you, if you try to edify each other out of duty, it's going to fail. Because what happens whenever you follow duties? You get tired. You get worn out. This was a grueling week for me at work. A lot of hours, a lot of work. I was spent. Whenever I came home Friday, I told the kids, I, man, it's, I'm glad this week is over. It has been a hard, long week and everything. And listen, duty wears you out. You get tired. You want to give up. There was about Wednesday afternoon, I came home saying, tell them. Boy, this is, I, man, I hope this thing's over quick. I'm done. I'm tired. Not just because of the labor in, in the activity, but the thought process of having to put this thing together and all the issues we were running into. And then there was some of this tension that me and my boss had, again, which ended up everything's fine now and everything. And I'm not playing, playing blame on anybody. But again, it's all consuming. Duty brings you to a point where you're exasperated and you want to give up and you just stop. So anytime we try to edify out of duty, guess what? I'm eventually going to cross the, you're going to cross the line with me. Okay, I'm done. But if we're being exercised by God to serve in love, what's going to happen? Love covers a multitudes of sin. Love suffereth long. It does not envy. It does not boast. All these things that we've been talking about that were hindrances to edifying, guess what? Love destroys that. 
Love destroys every bit of that. So again, we pray that the Lord would increase our love for one another. How often do we pray, Lord, would you help me, help me, help me love Daniel more? Help me love Daniel more. You know? Help me love the brethren more. There's a quote by, uh, turn if you would to Romans 14, I'm fixing to, I want to read you a quote that I had. I was telling you about this earlier, but before we came on. But uh, I want to read you a verse of Scripture in Romans 14, and it's uh, verse 19. <clears throat> it says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another that we read earlier. There was a quote that I read. Uh, again, I don't like to use a lot of quotes by men, but uh, I've seen this quote by a commentator. And it said, he said this, he said, Far from contending about meats and drinks... Did I read the, read the right verse? 14, 19, okay. He says, Far from contending about meats, drinks, and festival times... And I tell you what, brother, we have a lot of de-edifying over meats and drinks and festival times. Okay? I know we all have our uh, uh, convictions about Easter and about Christmas and holidays and things like that and everything, and sometimes we can let those contentions de-edify. Uh, but it says, he says, far from contending about meats, drinks, and festival times, in which it is not likely that the Jews and Gentiles will soon agree, let us endeavor to the utmost of our power to promote peace and unanimity that we may be instrumental in edifying each other in promoting religious knowledge and piety. And as I mentioned before we came on, that word piety there doesn't mean necessarily holy living or becoming more holy. That word piety as it's used in Scripture, whenever you seek it out, you'll see that the word piety there means reverence to God. So may we encourage each other or promote each other in knowledge and reverence towards God instead of being stumbling blocks in each other's way. And I thought that was a, a good uh, encouragement to us is that whenever we come together, we come together, the centrality is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the person and the work of Jesus Christ, and then our love for each other and building each, each other up in that and our reverence towards uh, our God, uh, and I thought that was a good thing. I think that is what verse 19 is really drawing out, that we might make peace wherewith that we may edify uh, one another. And if we do in that, and if you look at chapter 15 there in verse 2, it's just the same page for me, maybe the next page for you. It says, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Now that please doesn't mean just do everything that they want you to do. But it, but it says to try to live in such a way that you are, are uh, not an offense to your brother or your sister in Christ. These are some of the ways that we can minister edification towards each other. Um, so what is the purpose of all of it? Why do we do all this stuff? Well, in Jude we find, Jude chapter 1, Is there a Jude chapter 2? <laughs> There's only one chapter in Jude, by the way, if you don't know that. Jude chapter 1, 
But look if you would at verse 20. It said, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Building your up yourselves. Whenever we are doing this, whenever this ministry is at work in us, when God is working out this love edification in us, what is it doing? It's building us up in the most holy faith. We're being built up in the faith. As I mentioned, you know, we learn from each other. We see different angles of the gospel that we might not have seen. It encourages us in the faith. You know, I, 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 like I said, Larry preached a message on his thing. I listened to that. That encourages me. I, I think the same way. Now that kind of it somewhat emboldens me to make a stand. Why? Well, a lot of times it's easier to stand when you know others are standing for that same thing as well, right? Yeah. There's a lot of doctrine that I believed before I found out anybody else was actually believing it. And whenever I began to, to uh, believe about eternal vital union, uh, whenever I began to uh, believe about uh, um, Adam being created natural, the things that we were talking about this morning, uh, whenever I began to believe about uh, uh, the pre-existence of Christ, uh, all these things, uh, now I would say the pre-existence of, of Christ uh, and everything, that, uh, that was something that was kind of pointed in towards on that, uh, by somebody, so I probably couldn't lay that in there. But the way the earth is created and the shape of the earth, uh, the cosmology, the biblical cosmology and other things like that, those things, man, I was like, hearing these things, the Trinity, these things were some things that the Lord had really been impressing upon me from the Scripture, and I was finding a hard time of things that I had believed in the past, but I wasn't finding anybody else that was believing that around me. I wasn't seeing that in what books were available to me at the time and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, boom, I see some guys that believe that. Oh, wait a minute. You mean there was old Baptists of the past that actually held to these things? As a matter of fact, uh, I've mentioned to some folks before, I've got a series of books uh, of Golden Age of the Baptists from a certain period of time Brother Stanley Phillips uh, edited and put together. And you go down through the contents of that, listen, there are probably half of the messages in there is about eternal vital union. I've never heard that term in my life. But yet I, I believed in an eternal vital union. I didn't have the vocabulary for it. I didn't have a, a, fra a, a word for it. Um, but I believed that there was an eternal seed in Christ Jesus, that eternal life was in Him, and that life was before the foundation of the world that there was this actual union, that the union didn't play, take place when I believed, that the union took place before the foundation. I was believing these things, but I wasn't hearing this from reformers. I wasn't hearing this, because they, they were talking about union either at the cross or they were talking about union at, at faith. And so, uh, whenever I stopped, man, I was, I was encouraged by seeing other people and then beginning to meet other people that believe these things. And guess what? It become I become a little bolder in my in my preaching. Now I say that to my to my shame. I should be bold no matter who preaches it. Preach what the Lord has given you. But this is where I'm talking about. As a people of God, we build each other up in the most holy faith by the preaching of the gospel, the attending of the gospel uh, with each other. And I believe this is kind of what this is talking about here. 
that um, <clears throat> that we find in the, uh, in this passage is that uh, building building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Look, if you would, at Colossians chapter two, and I'm just about done. Colossians chapter two. Verse 7, or verse 6, As ye have therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walking in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving, that we are built up or established in the faith. That's what that word is established, to be, to be rooted in, to be grounded in and built up in, the faith. Rooted and built up and established in the faith. The reason that we, we seek edifying one another is that we might build each other up in the faith. And lastly, 1 Peter chapter 2. Unless someone has, has some other ones that they would like to add to this. Uh, I'll end with this one. 1 Peter Chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus. Um, ye as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God but notice how how that work is done by how much learning we do by how much self-help we have by you know puffing ourselves up no how is it done is by Jesus Christ But ye as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. The reason that we are built up as a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Acceptable to God. Now the only way things can be acceptable to God is if it's done by Christ, right? Because see, the works of the flesh profit nothing. The works of the flesh is nothing but sin. The only thing that the flesh can produce is, is sin. We're all sinners by nature, and everything that we produce in the flesh is sin. It is only that inward man, that inner man that is in us, that is born from above, that cannot sin, and the activity of that man that is without sin. And how do we build each other up in the holy faith? How do we edify one another? How do we love God and love the brethren? How do we have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith? How do we have all those things? It is by Christ Jesus, whose Spirit is in us, who does the work in us, who enables us, who prompts us, who encourages us, who gives us the desire, who helps us, He's the one who does it. And so I pray, Lord, has taken this in the, in the direction that I hope it, it came out, 
is is that this is who we are in Christ Jesus and how edifying works. It works by the work of God in us, and it's something that is in His people as they meet together. This is something that is evident. It's going to be evident in differing and varying degrees and everything, but at least we can identify, and as much as in me is, as Paul said, you know, Paul knew the predestination of God, didn't he? Paul knew that God directed every step that he takes and every place that he would preach, but he said, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. What does that mean? As much as I know and can do, as God has enabled me to do, this is my desire and this is my direction and intent. And so in that aspect, I say, let us edify one another. Let us not let corrupt communication come out of our mouths, but those things which is uh, to the use of edifying and comfort ourselves together and edify one another. Uh, and may we be encouraged in, in doing such and everything. Anybody have anything you'd like to add to that? or Again, any corrections or rebukes of any kind? One verse I forgot how beautiful and how pleasant it is for those to dwell together in unity. Is that how it goes, brother? Uh, we dwell together in unity. Uh, but whenever you're not, whenever we're not being edified, there's definitely not going to be any unity uh, in everything. But it's it's a wonderful thing whenever you see a church, and I love the times that we have visited other churches. That whenever you go there, you see. God working love among the people together. You see that they truly love each other. I know that whenever we, you know, go to Choctaw or we go to um, uh, Coweta and some of the other churches that we fellowship with in the past and everything, it was always a blessing for me to see um, these brethren uh, who just they truly love each other and 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 they look out for each other. They're thinking about each other and they're doing whatever they can to edify one another and they try to keep from back talking and backbiting and all this kind of stuff and whenever you see that it's a beautiful thing because we truly are people of God and out there people hate us so man whenever we come together I hope that we this is a safety place you know I get enough hatred out there please don't come and attack me here you know type of thing uh, be patient with me they're not patient with me out there so um May we, may we find the Lord doing that among us. And I, 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 I would encourage all of us to pray for that here, that, that the Lord would help us here uh, even more. And I, I don't feel that we don't, but I feel that there, as with any sinner, there's always room that, that we can go south, you know. But um, may we love each other and love more. And as, as, as the Lord enables me, love you all in the Lord. If anybody has anything or wants to share anything, brothers, have anything you'd like to share? All right, well, let's bow and have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we do come and we humbly ask that you would uh, put it within our hearts, allow us, enable us, uh, prepare us, uh, keep us in this work of edification one towards another. Lord, may we not be boastful and proudful with each other, knowing that all of us are sinners, knowing that all of us are undeserving, knowing that all of us uh, are flesh. 
that, Lord, that we might love one another, and that we might serve one another, that we might always be looking out for the good of the other brothers, seeking um, and not thinking more highly of ourselves, but that we might uh, look to our brothers more than ourselves. Father, I know that whenever we have that attitude and, and we uh, work and live in that way, that, uh, that uh, we'll build each other up in the faith. And, but again, Lord, we know that None of this can be done without your Spirit in us, and without your Spirit guiding us, enabling us. And so we pray for that. We pray that you would keep us, Lord, this church, um, as a, uh, a place where Christ is preached and, and exalted and worshipped. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would not uh, allow us to drift off uh, into apostasy. We pray, Lord, that you would keep us by your grace. And Lord, we pray for those that are out here in Joplin. We ask, Lord, that you would, uh, if, they, if they are truly children of, of God and, and believe these precious truths of the gospel, Lord, that if they don't have a place where you've already taken them, uh, Lord, that you might bring them our way and that you might uh, add them to uh, us, not for numeric purposes or for boastful purposes, but Lord, we know the importance of being together as a as a people of God and the encouragement and the, and the love and, and the nurture and the admonition that can be with each other and, and, and just a time of worship together with, with each other and how that lifts the soul and lifts the heart and is encouragement to one another. Lord, we just pray for them. Uh, we pray for the brothers and sisters that are out there that are in places that don't have uh, gospel churches. Lord, we, we truly, our hearts go out to them, and we know that you have a purpose for that and a reason for that. And we pray that you would keep those dear brethren. And we're thankful for, um, for the way that you have given them access to gospel preaching through the Internet and through uh, the, the uh, um, ability to hear and to watch gospel messages from all over the world. And so, Father, we're just thankful for that. We know that a lot of people are down on technology, and we know that there is evil that can come from some of that. But we also know, Lord, that you've used that for good, for your people. And so, Father, we just pray that you just might continue to edify your people wherever they may be. Lord, again, we thank you so much for Christ Jesus. We thank you for salvation. I thank you for these brethren that are here today and such the encouragement that they are to me. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to work within us and, and among us to help us love one another and to serve one another. Lord, I thank you for the experiences that are shared between all of us um, that you have given us, Lord, and, and just how, how much you have done on our behalf. But Lord, more than anything, we thank you for your substitutionary work for us in Christ Jesus as he has taken on our obedience, he has taken on our sin. Uh, all the penalty and payment uh, that was due, due, all, uh, due for our sin. Uh, he has taken us uh, um, with him in that death and that we have uh, come out in his resurrection justified by God and thankful to be saved by grace and grace alone. And so we ask you to bless this day, bless these brethren as they leave and keep them this week, Lord. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.